Fit Nation. It's Fit Nation. Awesome.
All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the Misfit Nation. If you are a veteran and you're struggling or feel like you're leading a path towards that darkness, stop and think about those who are around you. Think about how they truly value you, how they will miss you. You are not alone. You need to talk to someone. Someone will listen to you. If you feel like you'll be a burden or an embarrassment to someone that's in your inner circle or your family, call the anonymous hotline at 1-800-273-8255 and take option one. They will not uh, leave you hanging. They will take care of you. Do not make a permanent solution to a temporary problem. If you're a new listener, thanks for joining the Misfit Nation. Please subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast apps. This includes the Military Broadcast Radio app. On that app, you can find a bunch of other shows by my brothers and sisters, uh, veterans who have shows on the Military Broadcast app. Some might fit your niche a little more than ours. I, I invite you to go check them out. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at the underscore Misfit Nation. That's the underscore Misfit Nation. This will keep you up to date with our latest news episodes and, of course, stories of our guests. Speaking of which, our next guest believes life should be an amazing adventure. He's a serial traveler, adventure seeker, and published author of Passport Forward, moving from regrets and routine to freedom, passion, and adventure. He has been to 83 countries, six continents, and all, and all the 50 United States. He made it to the top 20 on America's Got Talent. He has lived as a monk at a Zen center for 16 months, studying mindfulness and meditation. He enjoys being nice to people and making them <laughs> laugh. He inspires people to live a life of passion with no regrets. So without further ado, let's welcome Lex Latkovsky to the Misfit Nation. Welcome, Lex. Hey, thanks, Rich. I appreciate that. That that sounded pretty good. I'm glad you wrote that for me. <laughs> it sounds almost <laughs> like you wrote it. I just changed some words. <laughs> so Lex, Lex, thanks for taking some of your time to come on tonight. Uh, would you, if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about your backstory, how you decided to unplug and go visit 83 countries uh, on all the continents and all the 50 states. Uh, the, the, the main reason I like to travel is cause I don't, I don't like to do the same thing over and over and over. And so with, uh, adventure traveling compared to just like going to, you know, the beach in Florida for the weekend or something, nothing against that, but it's, um, when you go travel and you kind of make it up day by day, there's so much new and there's so much, um, unique every single day that I've never seen before. So that was, I've always been a big fan of that. Um, and then you know, going back to sixth grade and, and um, back when I was in Louisville, Kentucky, my family drove from Louisville to um, San Francisco and L.A. through uh, South Dakota and all those states and then back through Mexico and up through Texas and everything, Grand Canyon. And so that was kind of like the beginning of seeing what was out there besides my little bubble that I've been raised in. So um, and it's kind of funny. My two brothers, I have two younger brothers, Dominic and Brennan, and they have also both been to all 50, all 50 states in America. So not just one dude in a family, but three dudes in the same family have been to all 50 states. So it's, we obviously have some DNA that's messed up. <laughs> <laughs> or it's right. <laughs> or it's right. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It's a family, family affair. Um, did you do any of them together or you all went separately? Um, I think I've probably been with my brothers to, you know, 20 of those or so they're professional entertainers, which you mentioned about the top 20 on America's Got Talent. That's how I got on there because they're professional entertainment uh, entertainers in the sports industry. And so I got to do a lot of traveling with them. But um, and then the whole thing about going to, to travel to 83 different countries was I didn't set out to do that. I just, uh, you know, I lived I went to Vanderbilt in Spain. I went to Vanderbilt, which is right across the street from you, you know, relatively. 
And uh, I went there and then I spent the semester at uh, Vanderbilt in Spain and Madrid back in 1989. I loved it so much. I went back a year later and did a second semester there. <laughs> and after each time I was there, my friends and I would travel around in like Portugal and Africa and and uh, Europe. So by the time I graduated in 19, whatever, 1991, I'd already been to like 19 or 20 countries, which was crazy for a college student. So wow, that's pretty good. Yeah. So what uh, of those countries, 83 countries, a lot of countries, see, I'm sure you see some really good ones, some really not so good ones. Which one wouldn't be your top three? Uh, my number one, and this is the football analogy. My number one is Laos which is over between in, uh, Vietnam, Cambodia, you know, that area, Thailand. And the number two, if, 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 uh, if Laos is at the goal line, the number two is at the 50-yard line. And so far, Laos just kicks butt. It's just such a cool country. Uh, the number two is probably India, because that's what my backdrop is behind me. That's the Himalayas. That mountain behind me and the peak and the clouds is probably up around 20,000 feet. Um, I just love the Himalayas. I love the mountains. And then number three, what was probably Indonesia. I spent three months in Indonesia on the islands. And, uh, and then my uh, fiance and I went to Colombia two years ago, right before uh, COVID. You know, this is post cartel, post, uh, you know, the whole world of narco traffico or whatever. And Colombia is like probably not my number top five right now of all times. It's just, if you haven't been there yet, you should go check it out. It's, you know, now that it's, open for business again and uh so and the, the, you know like at, of the 83 there's like three that i won't go back to ever i don't know if i'm going to mention them here but you know it's like i had bad experiences and bad people and i don't care to repeat it so it's always good not to experience bad things twice and uh, <laughs> once you get that bad taste in your mouth it's good to good to be able to have that passport and fly out and uh give the deuces exactly. and say see you later as you're flying away <laughs> peace out <laughs> And so you, you spent a lot of time in India. You loved the Himalayas. Uh, when we first started talking, you had the the other background on there. Yeah. So you have a, you practice mindfulness, the, the Zen stuff. The, what can you tell us about how that changed you going into the Zen center for 16 months and learning your mindfulness and meditation? All right. So just real quick, uh, Zen is one of the uh, portions of Buddhism. So there's, you know, the five major religions or so. Buddhism is one of them. And then if you drill down through Buddhism, there's one called Zen inside of Buddhism. And Zen is all around. Um, it, it's more of a philosophy and a way of living and the way that make your to get your mind right. And uh, it's, it's all through the practice of seated meditation, walking meditation and mindfulness. And so I went there just because, you know, I had a great childhood in Louisville, Kentucky, great family, but it was a very uh, enmeshed family. And it was all we were always asking questions and digging and you know like what just just a busy family and so when I went there and did my first seven day silent retreat I was just like oh my god this is this is what I was looking for so I started doing more and more week-long retreats and eventually I just said okay I'm gonna go live there for a year and the, the 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 main reason I went there and I didn't know it was to uh, reduce my suffering and reduce the suffering of others uh and I can do, I can take care of reducing my suffering by, you know, through mindfulness and meditation and slowing down and not looking at my phone so much and going out in nature more often and not watching so much TV. But I can also reduce your suffering and other people's suffering by not adding any more to your, 
your full plate of things you're struggling with. So it's either just being nice to you, helping you, serving um, at the minimum. But the, what I try to do is not add anything else to you that you don't need or that's going to put you in a, in a bad place. So I try to leave people the, either neutral or positive after I encounter them. I, I don't want to leave anybody worse off than they were. So that was that was a uh, that's not part of the Zen training, but that's part of what I got out of it. I and I learned what was really cool, Rich, was that I didn't learn a whole lot of new stuff. What I unlearned was a bunch of stuff that I thought was real and I thought was important to my programming and well-being and conditioning and habitual, you know, uh, you know, just like robot going through life. And I'm like, holy smokes, my dad gave me this stupid habit. My mom gave me this uh, feeling of shame. And, you know, I, I always did it this way, but there's a different way to do it. So I, I unlearned a whole lot of things that didn't suit me anymore. And by doing that, I got closer to my true self. So that's there, if, if, if you and I didn't have to worry about what other people thought all the time and what the conditioning and what society thought, and you just got to do what you wanted to do in a good way, it's so liberating. And uh, a lot of people do what they think they have to do or what their mom and dad is talking to them in the back of their head, telling them you got to do this or you're a piece of junk. And it's like, you know, by going away and getting quiet, you can realize that, you know, there's nothing really, that voice has been dead for 50 years, you know, it's like, uh, we're the only ones keeping it alive. And you, it's good you mentioned being quiet. Uh, in Afghanistan, the same Himalayas stretch up into Afghanistan there. And in even in the, the chaos of war, while sitting on top of a mountain there, you can look out in the quietness at those Himalayas and find inner peace. Even yeah. though you're, you're in a chaotic world at that point and know that any, any, any second someone's going to try to uh, remove you from the earth. But you can look out there and see those mountains and say, wow, that's pretty awesome. That's, that's pretty sweet back there. And uh, I can, uh, I can live another day now. And this is, this, there's something bigger than me. I think I'm important. And of course I, I want to wake up tomorrow and keep going. Right. But there's something larger than, than I am, whether it's, you know, whether you believe in a higher power or what, but it's like, you look at those mountains and it's like, I'm just this little speck, right. but I'm still very important because I can still, you know, have my impact in this, in this, uh, in this small world that I live in. So. Definitely. And uh, I believe or you're also earlier said that people always worry about what other people thinking. So they try to go through life doing what everyone expects of them or the status quo instead right. of living that life full of adventure. Why do you think, I mean, we, you've already said, why do why do you do it? Why do you think we can't change them into the opposite to live that life of adventure instead of staying the status quo? Uh, a lot of it's fear-based and unfortunately uh, it's hard to get someone to get out of the fear base. Um, you know, basically I, I I've always thought, if I want to do something, what's the worst that's going to happen? So if you ask somebody, if someone comes to you, Rich, and says, hey, I want to go to, I want to go see Spain. And you're like, yeah, cool, go. And you know, and then, then they'll start giving you the reasons they can't do it. And it's right. like, well, hey, listen, you know, what's the worst that can happen? If you book a flight to go to Spain, what's the worst that can happen? Well, blah, blah, blah. It's okay. What, what else could happen? What else could happen? And you get them to realize what their fears are. And most of the time, those fears will never happen. Those, their fears are just of events and consequences that will never take place in real life. So if, if you get people to realize that they're their own limiting factor, the, the, the fear and the obstacles that they put up, they sabotage themselves into doing anything. So uh, I just always say, you know, go, go for it. I mean, how many, 
I have never met anybody that came back from another life and said, hey, I'm, I'm on round two of this world or this, you know, I've been reincarnated as this goofy body called Lex Lukowski or Rich or whatever. You know, it's like we get one shot, you know, it's like, let's let's do this. And uh, so the, the regret, you know, in, in 15 years and you look back and I look back and I say, what do you regret? What did you want to do that you didn't do? It's like that that feeling sucks. It's like I always wanted to do this. It's like, well, why didn't you? Oh, I had all these, you know, made up excuses. And uh, you know, my boss was a jerk and you know, the my dog was sick. And you know, of course, those are all sometimes those are legitimate, but there's a lot of BS uh, excuses. And so, you know, just go after it, you know, you get one shot. Definitely you got one shot, you might as well have a good time doing it. I think there's a lot of songs written about if you have one shot, you better make it count. And uh I think if you don't, if you have goals, you just got to chase them. Don't sit back and get in your own way. Like, like you said, if I, if you tell me you want to go someplace, I say, do it. And then you come back with a bunch of excuses why you don't <laughs> want to do it. That means that you didn't want to do it in the first place. You just thought it would be exactly. cool. It's a good cool. idea. It's cool to talk about. Maybe it would, would have been better to do it on like Facebook or something where someone, <laughs> someone would be on your side, but I would just tell you to go and I'll see you when two weeks when you come back, uh, either happy or sad. Yeah, and it's like, hey, if you want to, if, if your friend said, "Hey, I want to go to Spain," Rich, it's like, okay, what are you gonna, what are you gonna do between now and the time you book your flight to sabotage this <laughs> opportunity you have? And they're gonna tell you, well, I'm going to spend money on stuff I don't need. I'm going to go out to eat too much. I'm going to get in trouble at work, or you know, blah blah blah. I'm gonna find some new hobby. So you know, what are you gonna do to sabotage yourself and keep you from being large? You know, you're gonna be small. You're going to be small and have this mindset of of scarcity rather than abundance. So what the hell? Go for it. Right. And I, all I'm, I'm sure all this travel led to you writing your book, Passport Forward, moving with uh, moving from regrets and routine to freedom, passion and adventure. Uh, how did you start writing that? Did you always want to write a book or was it from your experiences and all these travels? Uh, no, uh, I never wanted to write a book. And <laughs> if you've ever done it, and I know you've had some guys on this show that have written books, lots of them and women, it's a pain in the butt and, and it's a huge undertaking. And so I would highly recommend anybody that's thinking about writing a book. Don't <laughs> no, do it. It's fun. Cause when you finish it, it's the big, it's like, it's like running a marathon. Um, and you know, uh, then you have to stop at the end of that marathon and you're exhausted. And then someone says, Hey, Lex, you get to run another marathon called marketing and promotion. And it's like, Oh man, now I got to do this. So the reason that I wrote it, Rich was when I was traveling back in, I started in 2006 and, you know, when I, on my first trip to India and I created a, a blog, this is back before anybody knew what a blog was. Mm-hmm. I had a blog, you know, I had my own, you know, my email was Lex at Lutkowski.com. It's like, and my aunt was all mad because her last name was Lukowski and she wanted the domain name. I'm like, you know, finders keepers. But anyway, so I, I created a blog called thelexpedition.com so that I could upload stories and photos of my travels along the way so that my mom and dad and, you know, my, my friends could figure out where I was, what I was up to. And here's some of my crazy adventures. And so people would write me and tell me, you got to write a book. And that's funny. And, you know, you're crazy. And adventurous and I would never do that and they kept telling me that and I'm like okay I will write a book at some point but right now I'm having a lot of fun on a beach in Indonesia and I'm not going to write a book right now I'm going to go drink a beer and eat a mango or something (laughs) and have my own fun right there (laughs) exactly it's like I'll write a book later so I did it when I came home 
it took a while, but uh, my second book's going to be a lot easier because I, I don't know if you've ever heard that quote that, you know, start with your second book because the first one's the hardest. So. Right. The, the book that's sitting behind me right there, 13 Step Guide to Success, was the second book I started writing. The first book I started writing is still being written. So uh, hopefully that'll be out this year. <laughs> oh, cool. I want a copy. Yeah, it should. Hopefully it'll come out. It's going to be called The Climb. It'll it'll be a, it's a story of a soldier and his journey through life and PTSD after. So oh, wow. it's, a, it's a it's a good reflection of a lot of guys and gals I've served with. Hopefully I get it right and uh, it gets out this year and I don't start and write another book in between. Yeah, I think I've been I've, I've actually walked up that those steps before. Are they in Mexico, I think, aren't they? Uh, Savannah, Georgia. I, I was close. It's close. Same thing. Yeah. Same, same, but different. <laughs> So when you were doing your book, uh, as you started your, you said marketing is another marathon. You did a Kickstarter campaign. How did that work for you? Yeah, uh, I did it for two reasons. One was because um, some people are motivated one way and some people are motivated another. And I, I get motivated by not letting other people down. So if I tell you, Rich, I'm going to do something and I don't do it, I feel bad and I have and I carry it until I fix it. So what I did was I made this Kickstarter campaign and I said, I'm going to get you a copy of my new book by Christmas if you order um, now. And basically what I pre I, they, I, they pre-ordered a $10,000 worth of my book wow. back. This is uh, five years ago or so. And so what I did was I had all this money coming in, which allowed me to print it and publish it and, and ship it and all this stuff. But it put this deadline on me, like, okay, I've got all these people that I love that are supporting me that want 10 or 15 copies or two copies or whatever around the country, around the world. I can't disappoint them. So I got two things out of it. I got $10,216 or whatever, whatever that amount is. And then the second thing was I, I had this built-in deadline that I knew that I needed to meet. And so what was crazy was Meg, my fiance, uh, we finished it up. I finished it up. We shipped it. My aunt and uncle came over and helped me pack up, you know, 300 books and ship them across the country. And then Meg and I got on a plane and we went, I think we either went to Nicaragua or Peru, Peru. I think we went to Peru to go see Machu Picchu. So it was, um, it was my, it was my driving the stake in the sand and saying, this is the, this is the, what I've got to do. And everything between now and then is going to go into my book. So instead of dorking around and going out and goofing around or whatever, taking a vacation. I was working on my book. So definitely, because I'm not a very disciplined person. So, <laughs> But you mastered the art of, uh, of getting things done and not procrastinating along the way. Once you set that line in the sand to get it done, you pushed it and got it out there. Even though you went on a trip today after you mailed it all out, you still got it all out there and, and you were able to be successful in that. Uh, where can they get the books now? Are they still just straight from you or is it on any bookstore and stuff it's um well i if you get it on amazon it's it's uh you know passport forward and my, if you just type in passport forward and my first name lex you'll you'll get it i just looked at it today because someone wanted a signed copy in canada um and i would i was trying to figure out how to get it to them but if if you want a signed copy you can just email me at lex at litkovsky.com that's l-a-t-k-o-v-s-k-i.com and I'll hook you up with a, a signed copy. I have two versions. I have the new version called Passport Forward, which is heavily edited and absolutely beautiful. And I have the original version called, it's over here on my shelf. You can't see it because I've got this fake background, but it's called Deluxe Expedition. 
and it's much more raw. It's funnier and it's a little raunchy at times. It's, it's not, you know, it's by no stretch of the imagination dirty, but my editor wanted to make it more appealing for the broad audience. And so she, God love her, took out a lot of my funny stuff and was afraid <laughs> that people weren't going to get the joke. And I'm like, if they don't get this joke, I hope she's not watching this, but if they don't get this joke, I don't want them reading my book. You know, it's like, <laughs> it, was, it was funny, but anyway, Passport Forward still funny and very interesting. And it's all about my adventures and, and, and crazy stories. And, but more importantly, my, the insights that I got along the way about traveling independently, mostly, and just going after life and saying, this is, this is, you know, you know, everybody says carpe diem, but you know, you got, you, I got one chance and I'm doing it. What uh, countries are on your list for, say, this year or the next couple of years? Well, uh, I have not been to a new country since Colombia, which was two years ago, right before COVID. And my fiance and I are getting married in Louisville in October back back home. We're, I'm currently in Colorado Springs. That's where we live now. But we're going back home to get married. And we're going on uh, three days after our wedding. We're going to Peru, probably go see Machu Picchu again. But then for the first time ever, I'm going to go to Chile. Nice. and go see Patagonia so um we've been that's been on our list forever but only recently has it come back on the radar because of um COVID so uh, Chile and I also want to go to Argentina I haven't been I've been to like six or seven countries in South America but South America that's you know I haven't been down there enough so I mean it'd be a good expedition right there you go to uh, Peru, Chile, and then Argentina. I'm not sure if you can hit all three on the same uh, on the same trip, but it, it'd be fun if you did. Yeah, the actually Patagonia is shared part by Chile and part by Argentina. If you look at it on a map, and we're going to be way south down there. Uh, I wouldn't be too far from Antarctica, uh, you know, in the in the big picture. But it, it would uh, that's the seventh continent I have uh, that I would need to get to to say I've been to all seven. But <laughs> I got to get down there before it melts. You know, I'm a I don't know how long it's going to be down there. So it'll be there as long as we're alive. It's the next generation. I might have to worry about that. It's not my problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I can still throw this plastic out right now. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lex, uh, we talked about uh, mindfulness and meditation. And a lot of our audience are veterans that are dealing with PTSD or other issues. What are uh, some tips to get them into meditation and how to get them going strong in it to help them through their day? Uh, well, the first thing I would recommend is to turn off your phone or put your phone down and put it in another room and put it on airplane mode or something and go outside, go for a walk, go, you know, just get out in nature um, and turn off the TV, turn off your computer, just 15 minutes and get off, get away from the grind and just see something from a different perspective and just listen to the birds and see the sky and smell whatever you smell and uh, do that for a change because, you know, people have gotten really wired. And when you're wired, it, I think you get more wired. And so if, if you're wired and you've got, you're already got something going on with the PTSD or with some kind of anxiety that can feed, they can actually be a, uh, you know, a never ending cycle. So get away from your phone, go, go take a break. And then everybody says meditation, you know, I've tried meditation. It doesn't work. It's like, okay, we'll try it again because there is no one way to meditate. Meditation is nothing more than, in my opinion, in my experience, nothing more than slowing down, paying attention to what's going on with your body, your, your mind, your emotions, et cetera. And uh, so 
if, if you want to try it, just go sit down in a chair, put keep your phone away and find a quiet place to do it and just close your eyes and you know take a deep breath, close your eyes and and sit there for you know a minute and just see what happens. And don't don't try to stop thinking because it's impossible because we're thinking creatures. Don't try to, you know, have any particular objective other than just stop, sit down, shut up, don't itch, don't move, don't look around, just stop for a second and and do that even for a minute. And if you can go for two minutes or five minutes, it's great. You know, we used to sit for 30 minutes at a time, six times a day at the Zen Center. And it's amazing what happens, you know, after 30 minutes, you know, the compassion and the patience and the appreciation and gratitude go through the roof so you know but a lot of people don't have 30 minutes to sit down but try it uh and then the other the other thing that works really well for me and doesn't happen very often i'm i'm very fortunate i don't i've never had to be in a bunker with you know people shooting at me or or worrying about whether i was going to wake up the next day with my you know my it, 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 uh, in afghanistan or whatever i've I had that in Mongolia where I didn't know if I was going to wake up because of some jerk. But um, anyway, so if 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 I'm caught up in my personal web of woe is me, things are tough, I'm not doing well, blah, blah, blah. The, the main thing that I found is to be nice, go out and do something nice to somebody. Pick up the phone, call somebody and be nice to them. Go serve, go volunteer, go do something nice for somebody. Pay, you know, go through McDonald's. I mean, it's as simple as go through McDonald's and without even looking who's in the car behind you, pay, say this, this, I'm paying $5 towards the person behind me or something. Just do something so that it's not this Lex show that Lex is the most important and my problems are the most important. It's like, no, you're, you're in this with other people and be nice to people and go out and serve. And so anytime I have my head on my ass and I think that, you know, you know, I'm eating a, a crap sandwich or whatever, it's like, all right, stop, go, you know, pick up the phone, call your aunt and uncle, call somebody and just say, Hey, I haven't talked to you in a while. I mean, when people don't pick up the phone anymore, you know, it's like texting and, and, or, or, or write a letter to somebody or call somebody and just say, Hey, I was just thinking about you. I love you. And, uh, but and I don't want something. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, exactly. People are like, Oh no, Rich wants something. It's like, no, I just want to tell you, I love you. I just want to tell you, I love you. And it, I haven't thought about you in a while. So you know, this whole age of instant instant gratification and instant messaging and everything is has made it really hard for people to connect. And so, you know, but everyone, everybody wants connection. And as far as I'm concerned, uh, even the people that are the, that are pushing people away and saying, I don't I'm scared and I'm alone or whatever. It's like, you know. There's people out there. Definitely. Lex, uh, thanks again for taking some of your time to come on. Uh, Look forward to your next book coming out uh, and, and, of course, uh, checking out Passport Forward here in the near future. Uh, how can someone get in contact with you to have you on their show or just to chat with you to get some, some of your thoughts? Uh, actually, if you go to uh, my website, thelexpedition.com, uh, you can, there's a page that talks about my speaking arrangements and my speaking gigs and my podcast, which, of course, yours will be on there when you, when you get it done and send it to me. And it'll basically, it allows you to contact me, see what else I've done. Actually, I spoke, I told you before we started recording this, you know, I spoke in front of 300 people at the, at Jeff Goins' tribe conference in Nashville a couple of years ago, right before COVID. And uh, so, um, yeah, and, and, and in general, I will help anybody as long as they really want help and they're, um, and they're sincere. So 
if, if you reach out to me, Lex at Lukowski.com, I'll help you. Awesome. Thanks, Lex. Thanks for everything you've done. And uh, thanks for sharing your journey with us. Uh, I can't wait to see your, your next uh, countries you go to and your next book. Well, thank you, Rich. I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. And I look forward to reading your, your new book, your second book. <laughs> awesome. And thank I'll, you. I'll, I'll actually, after we get done here, I'll get your name and address and I'll send you a signed copy of my book. All right. Sweet. Thanks. All right. Thank you, Rich. All right. Have a good one. Daddy, I'm afraid Won't you stay a little while Keep me safe Cause there's monsters right outside Daddy, please don't go I don't want to be alone Cause the second that you're gone They're gonna know Before he went to bed He grabbed my hand and said just cause I'm leaving, it don't mean it I won't be right by your side When you need me, you can't see me In the middle of the night Just close your eyes and say a prayer It's okay, I know you're scared when I'm not here But I'll always be right there Even though I'm leaving Sam don't like to wait He's got a big old plane That's gonna take me far away I know I act But there's a churning in my gut Cause I just can't call you up When things get rough Before I left he hugged my neck And said Just cause you're leaving it don't mean it, I won't be right by your side When you need me, you can't see me In the middle of the night Just close your eyes and say a prayer It's okay, I know you're scared I might be here But I'll always be right there Even though you're leaving, I ain't going you stay a little while I never thought I'd see the day I had to say goodbye Daddy please don't go I can't do this on my own There's no way that I can walk this road alone Daddy grabbed my hand and said Just cause I'm leaving it don't mean it, I won't be right by your side When you need me and you can't see me In the middle of the night Just close your eyes and say a prayer It's okay, boy, I ain't scared I won't be here But I'll always be right there Even though I'm leaving, I ain't going 
ain't going You know how we do this. Thanks for taking some of your time to spend with us on Fit Nation. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and share the link as much as possible. If you want to, please become a supporter to help us carry this thing on. We appreciate you. If you know someone that brings that energy, has a great story, is an up-and-comer in any industry of music, in the arts, have them reach out to us on TheMisfitNation.com. We will get back to them within one day and get them on here so they can share their story with the world. As always, till next time, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling. Because we are Fit Nation.